You are listening to FPEA Connects, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to FPEA Connects. Today's host is Suzanne Nunn. Suzanne is an active homeschool mom serving homeschool families in both her local community and across the state. She also serves as chairman of FPEA, Florida's statewide homeschooling association. FPEA serves thousands of homeschool families in Florida, delivering a wealth of support, guidance, and information to both new and longtime home educators. Please join us as we seek to encourage you in your homeschool journey and help you stay connected to all things homeschooling in the Sunshine State. Welcome to episode number 71 of FPEA Connects. I'm Suzanne, and I'm so glad that you've decided to listen in today. I have a very special guest here with me today, and we are going to be talking about um, something that's really, I find very interesting and exciting um, to talk about, and that is how to incorporate gaming into your homeschool. But first, let me introduce my friend, Hannah Cartagainer. Hannah is a homeschooling mom right from right here in Florida. Um, I always love talking to Hannah about homeschooling because we have so many things that really are in common about the way we approach homeschooling um, or the way that we think about homeschooling. And so it makes it fun to talk and just like bounce ideas off of one another and uh, just come up with new ideas. But Hannah, you can find her on Facebook at Creative Homeschool Journey. And I'm sorry, Creative Homeschool Journal and Homeschool Hannah on Instagram, right? Yes. And uh, she shares a lot of ideas there about homeschooling, and she's very transparent about her homeschooling journey. So I'm going to say hi to Hannah. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I'm really excited you're here. Um, so let's talk about game schooling for a few minutes. I want to kind of just say up front um, that we know that there are so many technology-driven video games that are great um, for learning and that people utilize um, in their homeschooling. But I just want to clarify that today we're focusing more on um, traditional type games like card games, board games, and things like that. And um, I know that for the people who are very techie, that uh, you'll still find that they like a lot of these games. So if your kids are kind of more driven to video games or technology-based games, don't totally write these types of games off. That would be my yes. one my one encouragement up front. Um, so we're going to focus more on those traditional games. And I'm going to go first with, I just want to ask Hannah um, how you got involved in game schooling per se. Well, I think even before we we knew we were homeschooling, we like to have family game nights. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've always done that. The idea that we were actually learning didn't come, come about for many years, but right. we already had the practice in place. And once I realized, oh, this is a great opportunity to learn in as well, really started working on that, expanding that seeing what it was my family enjoyed most um, and what was what was out there. And, yeah, and I think what works. It's funny because I look at game schooling and 
you can, you've done this for a little while. You've done homeschooling for a little while. So it's like, they'll come up with a new term for something. And then I'll be like, oh, I've been doing that all. Yes, exactly. Right? Yes. So I think that when the, <laughs> the term is more trendy right now to say that you gain school. Yes. Um, I think that it's not necessarily anything new. It's just something that's been very much more recognized maybe recently. And we'll talk about there's kind of this, you know, trend to, towards some more exciting games that we were seeing. Yes. Things. And we'll talk about those. But, you know, I think for me, too, it was more organic. Like you're talking about my kids were young. We played games together as a family. We liked games together. And um, so naturally, you see learning happening, even when you're not thinking about doing it for that purpose. And so we, I would say that that's how we came into it. We came into it very naturally. Uh, it was something that we enjoyed doing. And so I didn't start thinking, you know, intentionally ahead of time, well, we need to incorporate games. Right. We just did. But if you're not somebody who, who did that naturally, or you feel like, you know, I have friends who are like, we don't like games. My kids don't like games. And I'm like, what? So I think they've never really played games right. sometimes. I think they haven't really experienced it. Or they've experienced it and had a, a bad experience, you know, that, which... That's a good possibility. I yeah. mean, I would encourage people in that situation to really think back. What were the games you might have played as a kid? Mm -hmm. I mean, in my family of origin um, and my parents' families, so my grandparents, there are certain games that I played with aunts, uncles, grandparents on both sides of the family that really I love now because of mm -hmm. all of those memories or even playing old maids with your friends right. and, you know, all of these kinds of things. What were those games? Maybe introduce your kids to some of those things first to get your feet wet. Yeah. And I think too, even if you have um, kids, you know, it's a, it's a real thing that we combat sometimes um, or kids who want a lot of screen time because they've been raised in a very technology driven uh, world now, you know, and so they're wanting to have screen time and play and things are very exciting in a different way there. I think, you know, still, I would just encourage you to step back and look at the possibilities of incorporating some different types of games. Don't assume the kids won't enjoy it because I think that there's a lot of value in it and that you might even be surprised at what they do enjoy. So, you know, one of my friends, like I said, who specifically was like, the kids don't like it. Now, um, her daughter is involved in like game nights regularly with friends <laughs> and it's these kinds yeah. of games, you know, it's they were social. talking about. So it's very social. Mm -hmm. It's a very great opportunity um, to socialize. But so anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, we talked about how you started playing with your family. There's um, some approaches when you're game schooling. I think that I want to talk about a little bit. So education happens all the time. So we know that. Um, but, you know, we've talked a little bit about when I was um, starting to try to first teach my kids how to play games. Um, just kind of that method. You know, when you're looking at your young, even Candyland and shoots and ladders and things like that, there's a process of teaching them and educating them on how to play yes. and what to do. So I found that it was really good to use some of our daytime hours when we were homeschooling to really teach that. Because then when we were having our time at family game nights, 
uh, where they were on the younger end, they were still able to learn and then to participate as they were learning how to participate later. So is that something I know you have children that are kind of spread out in age? Yes. Too. Is that something that you have found? Yeah, I think it's important to take a look at each individual child Mm -hmm. and see what their strengths and their struggles are when it comes to playing games. Right. And that's fairly easy to figure out. Um, I have one child who tends to be more competitive and strategic. Right. I have another child who tends to take everything to heart. Mm -hmm. So uh, games are great. But we have to support our kids and help them find good ways to deal with some of the difficulties if they lose or right. some of the character. You you don't want your children to be cheating. You know, these are things to explain to them, the reasons why we follow the rules. There's a lot of opportunity for good learning. Yeah, and I think that that's part of the game dynamics of, you know, when you are teaching, you know, first of all, they they need to be educated to learn. We know that there are people out there who are sometimes ruthless. My house is bad, but <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> I sometimes can say it's the not same. easy to learn with that. <laughs> but, you know, we have um, the, the education part is great. But the natural, again, the organic education that comes out of that, um, it is important, like you said, because you have different children and different people. We're all different. And that, you know, some things I just play for fun more than my husband who plays to win. And, you know, my kid yes. just loves to be social. And so there are definitely different people. And it helps us, I think, to learn a very real skill about how to get along well with people who are different personalities and right. things that you take later on into school you know, college and to your work life and to places like that where you're dealing with other people. And so, you know, it does, and it helps you. I think that one of the keys there is like, I always love looking at my kids and certain strengths and the weaknesses that they have. And sometimes strengths that maybe look like weaknesses, you know, um, because sometimes it's just about learning how to, to take what quality you have. I have one that's very administrative and what seems to be, you know, just, done exactly like they need to be done which is great until you're bossy right right so when you're right. playing with people it, you learn some of those natural things like yes. it's great to be strategic but you know you've got to also learn how to balance what you're good at so that you're you know a person people want to be around yeah of course and then <laughs> and play with the other aspect of that really has to do with the actual people in your family and the ages of the mm-hmm. people in your family um for us Like Suzanne had mentioned, we've got a a large gap in between our kids. So we took a strategy for family game nights where everyone chose a game, and then we started with the youngest's game. And the, the older child needed to wait until we had played the game and had a successful time with the younger child so they felt like they were part of what was happening. And then they could continue to play as long as they wanted as the games went on. But more often than not, they were done after they a game or two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they would go do their own thing and we would keep on playing. So for us, we found that was a way to manage... Um, Because we had a few unsuccessful tries, and we had to come up with some boundaries that would work better for us. Right. But it is. And I think that that takes us back to why 
game schooling can be such a great learning opportunity, you know, because those are real life skills yes. that you have to develop. And then, you know, we'll talk about some more subject oriented games. But I think the bigger thing is they're so the life skills are so important right. that you're that you're learning. And it's a fun atmosphere to fun learn atmosphere. them. Yeah. So um let's talk about let's talk about games okay. um, from the perspective of okay, like, you know, people ask, well, what kind of games? Because some people have a very limited knowledge of what right. games are out there. They think all we have is shoots and ladders and Candyland, right? Right. Um, or they think about, you know, other types of games that maybe sound boring or too advanced or whatever. So let's talk about how to find some games, um, okay. how to learn how to play some of the games, how to get good reviews on games. And I know you were sharing that you really like YouTube. I do. That. I have found YouTube to be a great resource for both figuring out what games might work best for your family as well as exactly how to play them. Um, I don't know about everybody else who's listening, but for me, reading rules is very <laughs> hard for me. I can't understand what all they're talking about. I'm better at learning as we go or visually watching right. what's happening. Right. So my husband's wonderful at reading the rules and, and leading us all through that. And I'm very thankful for that. I, I'm I'm not good at that. So YouTube has helped me a lot. There are unbelievable amounts of reviewers out there and people who play the games and videos to show you how to set it up, what it's supposed to look like, how it's supposed to play out. Very helpful. That's great. And that's a great um, use of, you know, not, I mean, just to be frugal and buying because games can get expensive. They can. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that when you know you're looking at them, you have to determine how much money you can spend. And I, I honestly, I think that it's a deterrent a lot of the time because people view the games as not necessarily useful. I think I would encourage that when you're looking at games, look at them as part of your homeschooling. Yes. And your homeschooling resources. And also you can find... You know, once you have found something that you think is good and would be worth the money and it would work for you, I think that you can find um, even used games sometimes yes. that are in great condition still that you can purchase. Or you can just look for them at the Best Buy, you know. So that would be something that I would say. I know that I hate buying games that are not ever used, that sit there on the shelf. Right. Because they are so expensive. But... But well, think about that when you're buying. One of the things I have done is I have created an Amazon wish list of mm -hmm. games right. that I've already looked at and I really think would be a good fit for my family. And I just kind of watch the prices. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable how much the prices can fluctuate. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a particular game called Sushi Go that a lot of people play, mm -hmm. um, it was like 50% off. Oh, yeah. But only for like three days. <laughs> so just every once in a while, you know, peek through your list on Amazon. You never know. Another game that we haven't played yet but was on my list to get called Azul. Mm -hmm. um, it was on sale for like 30% off. I actually okay. mailed one out to my little nieces for their birthday and bought one for my family because some of these more expensive games 
you take 30% off, that's a chunk. That's a chunk. And I find, too, that a lot of the time when you have some of the extended family or friends start asking about what to get for Christmas or birthdays. Yes. That's what we'll suggest is whatever that game is or, um, you know, puzzles. And that's another thing <laughs> that we, we include in our gaming. But um, so let's talk. Okay. That's where to find them, where to get them. Yeah. How to know if they work for you. But um, so let's categorize our games. We have okay. what we recognize as traditional games. That would be, you know, checkers, clue, Candyland, Candyland, traditional games that we all know and grew up with, right? And then there's educational games that are really specifically, you know, directed at teaching math skills or, you know, um, language arts or geography, whatever it is. And then there's this other realm of games that we're seeing on the market, I think, more and more that are more um, creative-based, more you know, involved and yeah, a little maybe more modern, modern than yeah. what we've mm-hmm. seen in the past that, but that are very valuable, like are very good games. So, um, we can talk about like what some of those games are in those kind of categories. So traditional games, like what are your favorites? What do you, what would you say if you were just going to say to a family that's not started this yet? What are some good traditional games that you would just want to pull into your family? Well, in my family, we have been playing the game Aggravation for generations. (laughs) And so that's one that we love. And I have fond memories of when I was a little girl, too. Yahtzee is a big one in my family. Um, Now, the next one, there's a discrepancy in my family what it's called. So my husband calls it Rummy-O. In my family, we called it Rummy Q. Yeah. So I don't know, but that's that's one we both played as kids that we love. Right. Our kids love, but our kids get tired of it. So then when they're done, we keep playing like five more <laughs> rounds. Um, so those are three that we really love in our family. Yeah. We're really um, attached to Clue and would have every version of Clue, I think, that we can get. It's a good one. Yeah. And we also... Um, had quite a collection of um, Monopoly and Life. Um, so all kinds of different versions of that. And for a while, we really did get hung up on the Trivial Pursuits. Oh, too. boy. Oh, every edition, Disney edition, 80s edition. <laughs> like, you know, everyone. Well, so, and, you know, all families are different. The right. truth is, in our family, that's a dud. Yes. Sadie even won some copy of it on a cruise ship and we tried to play it and we were one and done. So every family is different. Every family is different. And I think that, that what is so great is even with some of those traditional ones. And I would say, you know, some of the younger games, like I loved connect Four when I was little, that was great. And checkers, those are really simple games, but you can still learn a lot and teach your kids, you know, real valuable things. Uh, working with them. Um, and then we have educational games. Are there any ones that you particularly look at as educational or that maybe are um, like what I call like hidden educational or some that are real specific that you have found? Yeah. Um, I guess I can't be as specific as to give you titles, but I can tell mm-hmm. you, well, one of them is actually called Use Your Manners. That's right. one where you can learn a little bit about etiquette. There are lots of good math games out there. And I'm finding on Amazon, you can find these math games that are not really 
advertised and they're almost um, not even professional. Like they just come in a, in a box with, um, you know, somebody's created this game and it's about multiplication or addition or what have you. I think one of them's called like pet surprise or right. something like that. But there lots of math games coming up. Mm -hmm. Pizza fractions has always been a Pizza big one fraction. for us. Um, and then even Ticket to Ride, there's a little geography in that. Right. So, honestly, you can usually hook most games into some education. Yeah, I think so. One of the things that we really um, used a lot was the Junior Scrabble game when my kids were learning yeah. how to spell. And, um, you know, that was definitely one of the favorites. And um, then we graduated, of course, to Scrabble upwards. Um but we have um, always used, this is kind of like um, not a specific game, but we always used the toys or the things that my kids were interested in to teach math. So, yes. you know, we would have, you know, infantries of army men <laughs> yes. that lost people in battle. And how many was that that got, you know, subtracted or whatever. So we really learned by hands-on math a lot. Um, so I think that that's kind of, you know, takes it back to you can get creative yes. with this. And I think that that's one of the things that we enjoy about it so much. Um, so let's talk about our other realm of interesting and creative, more modern games. That this we're is exciting at. to me because <laughs> I have um, been doing quite a bit of research about about the games that are out there and the games that would work best for my family. And I mm -hmm. have a list um, that I can go ahead and just read off to kind, kind of, of share the list, get everybody, um, a starting place if they're, they're wanting to break into some of these creative games. So there's Trash Pandas, Sushi Go, Azul, Forbidden Island, Tiki Topple, King Domino, Queen Domino, <laughs> Cottage Garden, Indian Summer, Blue Lagoon, Cat Crimes, Outfoxed, Potion Explosion, and Everdell. These are some of the games I've researched lately that I really would love to sit down and play with my family. We have purchased about six of those, and we have played several of those. Um, really loving Tiki Topple. Tell me a little bit about it. Like, what makes it different? So, Tiki Topple is a great game to start with because it's simple. Mm -hmm. But it's almost addicting. It's so simple that you just want to keep going and going. Uh, basically, it's um, these little plastic totem pole pieces. Each one has a face and a color. And you get a card. And you need to have the, the totem in a certain order right. for you to win. Okay. There's a first, second, and third place. And it's a little more involved than that. But anyway, everybody's trying to get all the pieces to the places they need. Okay. And some pieces get knocked out of the game. And it's a quick moving game. So it doesn't take that long to play around. Three rounds is one game. Mm -hmm. And really, just about any aged kid can play this game. So, yeah, and that, that sounds like fun. It also has pragmatics in it because... 
you have to really recognize the face on the piece because some of the colors are a little bit similar. Right. And so if you have a child who really needs to work on um, pragmatics, facial expression, facial recognition, Mm -hmm. it's a great game for that. That's great. That's great. Um, Any others that you are really excited about? Well, here's (laughs) one that I'm not as excited about, but my kids are begging to play it every day. Forbidden Island. Okay. Now, this is a great game because everybody works together as opposed to trying to win by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's got little cards with all these different places, and that makes up the island. But then things are sinking, and you've got to um, collect all of these um, pieces around the island and get back to, like, the um, helicopter pad all together right. by a certain time. And if you don't win, the whole island sinks. That's so um, they're really into it. They're trying to introduce this game to everyone they know. They just <laughs> want to play it every day. Sounds great. Yeah, I think we might have children playing that in the next room now. We do, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, but I think that that's great. And, um, you know, before we move on, because we're getting close to our time here, but... Um, I know we both had said we want to talk about puzzles a little bit and introducing puzzles into the conversation and they're not always, you know, categorized under the game label per se, but I find that that's another area where we really do learn how to work together. We learn how to be very critical in our, you know, inspection of pieces and placement and, you know, I don't know about you, but I had that one kid who always wanted to force the pieces. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 don't do that. And, you know, it's like, it was so close. You can make it work, but it was really good for teaching to be very, you know, um, careful and look at what the pieces look like. It was great yeah. for them. Um, so puzzles are really good for us. They're not for us. They're not as competitive as it is kind of a de-stressor, a good time to talk, But you're learning a lot still while you're working together to do that. Yeah. The thing I really love about puzzles is it's low key and low stress. A lot Mm -hmm. of times I will just put a puzzle out on the coffee table or the dining room table Mm -hmm. and just leave it there. Everybody will work a little bit here and there. We might work together. We might work alone. But eventually the puzzle gets finished and then everybody wants to come and see what it's like. And there are two items we use for that um, that are really fabulous. One is a puzzle mat. mat. It's like a piece (laughs) of felt. And so if you're going to do a long-term puzzle and then you're having Easter dinner and you need to move it, you can roll it up. Stick it into a tube and then unroll it when you're ready. The other one is a puzzle sorter. And they're trays that stack up and you can sort your pieces. And then you do not have to mess up all your sorting to move it. Again, that's fantastic. Whoever knew it could get so... My grandparents would have loved those items. The sorters would have been great. Yeah. I remember the first time I had a mat. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. (laughs) But, um, okay, well, let's just, before we wrap up, let's talk about, you know, like focus on a few of the benefits. I know we've interspersed it as we've been going. But just to go back to, like, I think, you know, the point of this podcast is to say, first of all, games going can be really, really good 
strong way to teach your kids um, subjects, life skills, character qualities, all kinds of things. But, um, you know, some of the benefits that I would say that I, I love the most from game schooling uh, was seeing that my kids really learned how to be more problem solvers. Yes. And to think a little bit more critically. Um, and then the real practical parts of, you know, taking turns, listening to one right. another, being being considerate of one another. What would be, if you were going to say a couple of takeaways that, you know, are really important benefits to you? Well, one of my children um, struggled a little bit more than expected with motor skills. Mm-hmm. And games are really great for that. A lot of the pieces are small. Um, you're using your pincer muscle when you're moving things. Right. Um, and then strategy, right? Thinking in big pictures, mm-hmm. um, having to figure out what order to do your steps in. Right. Um, all of these things are wonderful for our children's brains. Yeah. And I think we said the list can just be endless, you know, from specifics to um, life skills that we know are important um, for everybody to learn. But um, so we're going to wrap it up. I want to say again, Hannah, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you. And sharing some time with us. And I think that game schooling is really important to incorporate into your homeschool life. And I do want to say that uh, in just a few short weeks, we're going to have our homeschool convention. Yes. uh, Coming up in Orlando. We're really excited about that. But I would just suggest that if you really are not equipped with a lot of games, just yet look around our vendor hall because oh, they're going to sure. they're going to be some great options on fun games, educational games, um, and everything else. So we don't want people to miss out on that. Um, our vendor hall is just full of good little tidbits. And We've picked bits. up a few games <laughs> at the convention yes. over the years that we really love. Absolutely, absolutely. We have to. Um, so for those of you that are joining us today by listening in, if you're considering homeschooling. Uh, or maybe you're already fully engaged, just remember this. FPEA is your source for all of your Florida homeschooling needs. You can check out our website, www.fpea.com, for exciting opportunities and valuable resources. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, or Instagram for other great tidbits and resources that are sure to help you as you create your customized homeschool journey. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed our show and will join us next time for FPEA Connects. You can find us on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com. For more information about FPEA, visit us at our website, fpea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until next time, stay connected.